I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sonny. I am here hosting with Caleb. It's your boy! Whew! Wow. Do we have a lot to talk about today? It is. It has been several days of just non-stop, back-to-back-to-back announcements. We have so much to t- discuss and talk about. Um, all of it good. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's all good, yeah. Uh So, why don't you lead us in, Caleb? I think there were some announcements of some stuff in the OCG. Yes, okay. First off, we now, uh, we just got uh, uh, word of three of the reprints that will be in Structure Deck are Lost Sanctuary, Light of Redemption, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's pay 600 to add a Banished Light Monster back to your hand. Pretty good! Um, They're also getting a reprint of Regeki and Harpy's Feather Duster in the same Structure Deck. So there's that. (laughs) I, I can't, we can't complain about this. We just got Harpy's Feather Duster, we, we, like, yeah, literally we, just a few minutes ago. Yeah, we did. We we very much did. Um, I just think it's interesting how they're both in the exact same structure deck. So, like, at an actual structure deck tournament, it's very much going to be who opens both at the same time. Let's go! Yeah, I'm kind of excited that, for once, they didn't get, like, the blowout structure deck reprints. Like, yeah, like a Lightning Vortex or something. Uh, lightning storm and infinite yeah lightning infinite storm impermanence. yeah and imperm Ugh. yeah so um yeah i mean it's it's fair reprints uh feather duster probably needed a reprint anyway oh yeah, especially in the oc because i'm because i don't think they've gotten a reprint yet recently 
I don't know for sure. I haven't really been paying attention to this to a lot of uh, their products because at the well, I mean, at this point, the OCG and TCG are almost two completely different games. Yeah, they're not exactly alike or exactly different. Uh, it's so weird how many similarities they share in certain things and how vastly different they are on others. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, um, we now know that the Insector Creator card will be in the Grand Creators uh deck build pack thing that the OCG is getting. Uh, yeah, so this was actually, they announced this deck build pack also for the TCG. Yes. Um, we will also be getting it. It's the, it's actually the set that the punk archetype we talked about a couple episodes ago will be in. Correct. Yeah. So this is where that will debut. So we actually have a product page description for the set now. So, uh, the product page is it's time for an adventure arriving December 3rd, 2021. And that'll be here in the TCG. The Grand Creators are bringing forth three new strategies into existence and featuring a brand new world premiere spell card for Insectors, the winner of the 2020 Create-A-Card project which was selected by the Yu-Gi-Oh! community. In addition, 15 more cards, a mix of old and new cards, will become collector's rares in this 60-card booster set. So I think that's... I think... um, How many did King's Court have? Was it like... 15. Was it 15? I thought it was 18. It might be. I remember 15, though. I'm pretty sure they normally try to stay around 15 for that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm thinking Insector Hornet. Ooh. Well, they, they have to reprint some of the Insector cards. They, they, I mean, yeah, they have got they have to. Well, I say they wouldn't put just one card of an archetype in a set, not reprint anything else. Um, But the Planner Patrol Sea Guide was, like, the only Planner Patrol card in that entire set. Oh, was it? Yeah. Hmm. Well, this set will contain 10 Ultras, 15 Supers, and 35 Rares. And then you'll also have 15 of those cards will also be Collector Rares. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, well, I mean, if they do do Insector reprints and make one or two of them as Collectors, I imagine it would be whatever the Exceed was. Was it Exabeetle or Exastag? Uh, Actually, I think both were Exceeds. Yeah. Yeah, they probably do one of those, and if they picked one of the non-extract monsters, it would most likely be Hornet or Dragonfly. Right. I mean, I could realistically see them doing both Hornet and Dragonfly. Yeah. If they could only pick one, I would probably want Hornet, because I think that, that, that yellow and gold uh, on Hornet would pop really nice with the Collector Rarity foiling. I think, actually, I would prefer Dragonfly, because currently Dragonfly's highest maximum rarity is rare. I mean, they could print as a super in the set. That's true. That uh, actually is true. They could give uh, Hornet like a rare and give Dragonfly a super. Yeah. And then give Hornet the collector. Mm-hmm. That would be nifty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, Again, we don't have any control of this. This is just what we would like to see. Right. Plus, each gr- Grand Creator's booster pack contains seven cards, including one foil per pack and six rares per pack, which is... The exact same formula that they gave us out of King's Court. It's pretty much what they do with any non-mainline uh, booster set. Um, I think some of them have even been like five cards in a pack, maybe. Well, well, yeah, because they also do, do that weird set where it's like five ultras and a secret guaranteed. Like, okay, I know... Well, yeah, those two, but uh, I think this will usually like Brothers of Legend, Battles of Legend is like that. But, yeah. Uh, and like, I know Secret Slayers was like that. And Hidden Summoners, I think. Yeah, I think you could be right. But I know that uh, Toon Chaos, I don't even think that a foil was guaranteed in the pack. 
No, I don't. I don't. No, no, it wasn't. I, I remember. Uh, I remember opening a couple packs and I didn't get a single foil. Yeah, because uh, I think it was like three ultras per box and maybe like. Uh, However many say, supers. Yeah, like six or seven supers. Something like that. Because yeah. I remember cast space being like crazy hard to pull. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the Grand Creators wills three new strategies into existence and features a brand new world premiere spell card for Insectors, the winner of the Creator Card Project, blah, blah, blah. In addition, 15 more cards, a mix of old and new, become collectors. Here's a hint of what you can expect from each theme. Art that comes alive. These monsters pour their blood and sweat into their craft to create a masterpiece. Use as many level 3 psychic monsters in your deck as you can to maximize the destructive potential of their level 11 synchro monster, which... That's the that's the punk archetype. Right. A dutiful, a dutiful Xyz monster who saves souls. A theme with an Xyz monster that repels evil. We... We have we have not heard anything about this yet. This is new to us. Oh, I mean, we've seen the artwork, and the artwork they gave for the monster was a, an exceed monster who saves souls. We talked about that before. Um, so it's her archetype, but we're not. We have no idea what she does. We don't even know what her name is. We don't know anything about it outside of we have the artwork for the exceed that they're talking about. I didn't realize we had the artwork. Yep. An exciting adventure awaits you. Gather your fellowship and become a hero of your own duel. This legitimately sounds like a Lord of the Rings archetype. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, D&D, Legend of Zelda type of thing. It would be really interesting if they did something like this, considering Magic has recently had a Dungeons & Dragons crossover, as well as they had an entire set that was basically like a Harry Potter theme. Oh yeah, well, I mean, with the D&D crossover, it's just not, to- with the D&D Magic the Gathering crossover, it's not, it's not, oh, this is totally not D&D, it's straight up D&D, like, they have the, uh, yeah. one of the cards, uh, <sighs> Commander Sphere, I think is the name of it, just straight up has the Dungeon Master from the 80s cart- D&D cartoon on it. Some of them are literally, the artwork is the cover of an old, uh, book, of an old Dungeon Dragons yeah, book. Yeah, it's the, it's the original statue from the original uh, book where they had, like, the rogue popping the eye out. No, no, like, it's literally, like, it looks like they unfolded the book. Yeah. And photocopied the front and back. Yeah, it's great. And used it as the artwork of the card. Oh, yeah, then, uh, then, um... And they have dungeons you can go through and stuff. Yep, and Xanathar himself is in there. It's a really cool set. Oh, yeah. Um, and the reason why they're able to do that is because Wizards of the Coast owns both Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't realize Wizards of the Coast owned Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, they do. Okay. Well, the way this is worded, an exciting adventure awaits you gather your fellowship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Lord, um, well, I mean, Lord of the Rings is the uh the book series slash movies mostly the books that started like high fantasy yeah like that's where you got your elves it's where you got your orcs your gobbies mm-hmm. the, it's where they uh well it's where the tall elf concept came from it's really where like the beautiful elf concept came yes because before that you know what we're, we gotta get back on you we're getting on off, off on our own little our own little tangent here no it's okay i'm i'm distracted now so before you go yeah 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 okay so okay so but yeah but like with the fellowship thing it's most likely that kind of like we're gonna have a party of adventurers quote unquote um going around doing stuff so maybe one of their spell cards is like each spell card is a quest that they go on and you get and you get rewarded for that quest with drawing cards or searching or something. Dude, I would love that. I'm so down if this is like the actual, it's like, oh, well, we're, we can't do Noble Knights again. 
let's just do this and actually make them good. I know, right? Uh, not only that, there's also a lot you can do with that kind of concept. Because, I mean, because even whenever, even if you think just your standard box standard warrior, there's still multiple different types of warriors. Because you got your sword and board who can have, like, a higher defense, uh, okay. higher defense stat. You got your two-handed fighter who can have much higher attack, dual wielding for maybe a double attack kind of thing. I think that you get, I think the only issue you run into here is warrior is already the most supported archetype in the game. Like the most supported typing in the game. Do we really want more warrior stuff? Well, I was also going to say that you also have the spellcasters with, That's true. you know, with wit, you know, with wizards and sorcerers, and elves, honestly, elves in ge- for in general. Well, they had Amazons, which are kind of elvy, kinda. And then there's mystical elf. There's ents. Yes, there's also yeah, there are also ents. Um, you know, they have dragons. Would that be a plant? Yeah, that'd be a plant monster. That would 100% be a plant monster. Yeah. Uh, demons and angels and dragons. There's all kinds of stuff you could do with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, like even just with the concept of your deck is an adventuring party, you have warriors, you got spellcasters, you got rogues, you got... Uh, plants. Plants. You the ends were the best part of Lord of the Rings. You can't tell me otherwise. I mean, Treebeard was based off of one of his friends. The whole thing was one big insult to, to a good friend of his, which I find hilarious. I mean, that just makes them better. I know, right? Anyway, like I said, yeah, I'm very excited just based off the description. You know, it's sending my mind into the stratosphere of what could be possible. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I I love the possibility. I, I understand we're spending a lot of time on two sentences, but this, just the ideas here are endless. Oh, yeah. Like, something else they could easily do is... If they want to do the whole adventuring in multiple different areas, it could be like a revolving door of field spells, right. where like where like at the end of the turn, the field spell returns itself to the deck to fetch a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. That'd be really cool. <clears throat> I mean, I'm down. I'm with it. Oh yeah, there's all kinds of things we can do there. Um, then that... the next line would be the grand creators also. Oh wait, that's more. Keep talk. Quit talk. Quit talking about the insector creator card. We understand it, but geez, okay. Injectors were chosen by the fans for a series of single elimination polls. You merged victorious, one out of 16 themes. Fans were tasked with choosing which theme should receive world premiere card in 2021 product, as well as what card type it should be and what kind of product it should be released in. They chose an Injector spell card to be released in one of 2021's 60 card booster sets. And fittingly, the Grand Creators is the stage this new card will debut on. You know, they just... Cutting that close with the 2021 release year in December. That is exactly what I was about to say. They really, they really waited it out on this one. They really waited. It better be good. (laughs) Pretty much. God, don't let it be an equip spell. Honestly, an equip spell might not be bad for the deck. It would depend. It would really depend. Because Insectors, I don't think, have a way to search field, to search equip spells. They have ways to search each other and then equip themselves to each other. Okay, what about an equip spell that when you activate it, it equips to a monster from the deck and specializes the monster out of the deck? That would be really cool. <laughs> that would be really, yeah, yeah. I think the Noble Knights have that in, like, Noble Arms Durendal. So, like, there's precedent there. That's true, there. yeah. There's precedent there. So, if they have something like that, which would, like, Activate, search, and t- summon a dragonfly from the deck and equip it to that. And then dragonfly's effect to pop. Search a hornet. Hornet, mm-hmm. equip. I think that's how that would work. Yeah, that's how that would work. Yeah, the point is you could detach it, get a search. Well, no, 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 no. It would be effect dragonfly, pop the, pop 
uh, pop the equip spell to search to search uh, Hornet, reveal Hornet to equip because that's Hornet's effect. You reveal it to equip, and then effective Hornet to pop itself and pop something in the opponent's field, which then fetches you Centipede. A Centipede will equip Hornet. If I, I might, I might be doing this wrong. I don't know, dude. It's been a decade since that deck saw competitive relevance. Yeah, yeah. This all I'm saying is this better be a hell of a spell card. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no, no. It, it better be. Yeah, I mean, even realistically. Even a field spell that, when activated, searches an Insector card. Maybe a monster, an Insector card. That would def. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe even just like a rota for the entire archetype where it's you search for any Insector card. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, you would. It would have to be that at least. Yeah, or or even or even just like a field spell. As soon as you activate, it, you can. Uh, oh, excuse me. Ooh, that snuck up on me. My bad. <laughs> anyway, you can uh like you can like equi- like the field spells effect is just equip an insector from your deck to an exact insector already on board. That yeah. would be really good. Um, I think realistically the only way that it could really work, it, almost it would have to be a field spell when activated. Either s- probably add any insector card from deck to hand, or special summon insector monster from your deck, or equip uh, one that's already to one that's already. It, it would have to be literally just broken. Whatever yeah, it yeah. is, it has to be broken to make the deck competitively viable. Yeah, definitely. Um, so here's hoping. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm for it. I just, you know, it needs to be broken. Yep. And uh, that's all all we got for quick play news. wasn't very quick, but we got kind of kind of had a little side tangent there. Yeah. So, all right, we're gonna take a quick ad break, and we're gonna after we get back, we're gonna talk all about the new Yu-Gi-Oh Next, di- the digital Next announcements. Yeah. Okay. Welcome back. So. The first thing we're going to talk about is the digital next, which the we're going to go in order of actually you know no we're not going to go in order we're going to talk about rush duels first. So this is Yu-Gi-Oh rush duel Saku Battle Royale. Uh, it is planned for release in the Americas in Europe, Americas and Europe in fall 2021. Japanese version will be available starting August 12th. So we will put a link to the digital next presentation in the um in the in the description down below if you want to watch it first that way you have more of an idea of what we're talking about but basically this will be a the western introduction into rush duels this will give us a full background it's a very very different structure it's a very different format um basically like every turn if you don't if you don't know what rush duels is it's a new format that japan got i guess about two years ago now um and what it is, is this will allow you... So the way Rush Duels works is they have their own card pool. It's very curated. And you have... Different card design, too, which I find interesting. Yeah, yeah, the card design is very different. And you also have... Um, a good example is, like, some of the rule differences are... There's no limit to your normal summons per turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but you only have three monster and spell and trap zones. A lot like Duel Links. Yeah, yeah, it is a lot like Duel Links in that sense. And then you also have, uh, at the beginning of every turn, you don't draw one card. You draw until you have five in hand. Mm-hmm. So th- there are some key differences, but I- honestly, I think the format might work a little bit better for a video game rather than a full-on, uh, full-on simulator. Because just for like a, because this this is like a video game, like it's got an yeah. overworld that you can run around in. Yeah, uh, for those of you who played like, mode. oh yeah, like for those of you who played the old Yu Gi Oh GX tag duel game on the PlayStation Two. Oh, yeah, it's it's I imagine it's probably going to be a lot like that, which is great because I loved those games. Yeah, yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with those with it being like those games. It's just 
this is just a Western introduction to Rush Duels, and I'm sure if it becomes popular and successful, we will eventually get some version of Rush Duels here. So, you know, keep an, keep an eye out for that. Oh, yeah. Um, now, one thing that I really like that they've been doing is they've been taking really popular old cards like Blue Eyes and Dark Magician and taking their classic artwork, but then kind of upping the fidelity on it so it looks a lot neater and nicer. They made Dion Kito the Cure Master sexy. That too. Um, yeah, like the like it, it's her. Who else? Du- uh, the Dark Witch. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, like they like they made like it was yeah like they made um, Mystical Elf like the lead like the lead singer of a, a pop idol group and it's great. Yeah, they've done a lot with the artwork on these cards. And I mean, the sort of anime is funny, but it, it but that's not the whole point. The whole point is the game. Um, I think it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. What about you? Oh yeah, I, I think it's gonna be really enjoyable. To be honest with you, I, I I'm really super duper looking forward to it. Uh, so that's about it for that. Um, next up, we have uh, two little bits of, of uh, Duel Links news. First off, Arc V is getting added into Duel Links. For those of you who don't know, that's where Pendulums were introduced. Right, so... <laughs> just get ready for Pendulums in Duel Links, everyone. It'll be... weird. Yep. L- listen, if Pendulums broke the TCG, imagine what they're going to do to Duel Links. Exactly. Um, in addition to that, uh, they're also adding in a new mode, Highlander mode, where you're only allowed to have one copy of each card in your deck. Okay, so I love this idea. I just don't know what it'll be like for Duel Links specifically. It's going to be interesting. Because I, I think Highlander is actually a really good format that really, really rewards high-level deck building. And I think that that is something that Duel Links could benefit from. But at the same time... It changes an enormous amount of what Duel Links is. Yeah, it it is an alternative mode. You have to opt into it and blah blah blah. Um, uh, not like now, now, I think Duel Links would be a better option for Highlander mode, just due to it's got a more limited card pool. Card pool, I I, I meant to say, um, than the actual game itself, and also you have a smaller deck. Right, so right. so it's a lot easier to build a deck of thirty single cards than it is to build a deck of forty singles. Right, um, yeah, it's just it's just another thing for Duel Links. It, I don't know. I, it's nifty. Yeah, it's nice. I'm not the biggest Duel Links fan. I've only played the game a little bit. I've never like gotten into like the competitive PvP scene in Duel Links. I I don't. I think I got into the game far too late because I just. We just got back into the game like a year ago, so yeah, I think that realistically we're far too late to get back into the Duel Links scene because Duel Links is so much of a gotcha game. It's so much you have to open packs and pull the right cards, and I'm not saying it can't be done, but like realistically, you have to either grind so much or spend so much money now. To get like a truly high level competitive deck in Duel Links, that at this point I just I feel like I'm too far behind. It's not like it's not like the TCG where I can just go order singles and get what I want. You know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm just not interested in the format. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in the format. I, I just um, I have no interest in catching up into the format. Yeah, like I I played a little bit when it first back when it first came out. I was like, this just makes me want to play the normal game. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's like, my only problem with it. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. 
if anything, it, it's part of the reason why I got back in the game. But, I mean... And um, you know what? As of right now, it serves as Yu-Gi-Oh's gateway, right? So, this is the thing that leads people... They say, oh, wow, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links is on my, you know, my the home screen of the App Store. Wow, I remember Yu-Gi-Oh! from when I was a kid. Let's download it. And they download it and they start playing it and they're like, wow, Yu-Gi-Oh! is still a real game? You know, people still play Yu-Gi-Oh! Wow, this is crazy. Oh, they have a... They have a card shop right by me. Let's let me, let's go check that out. And it's a gateway into the game. Yep. And I get that. But is Duel Links really what we want as a representative for people getting into the game? No, but we're, we'll get in, we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. The next thing I want to talk about is Yu-Gi-Oh! Cross Duel. All we have is a logo. Yep, four-player duels. And that's it. Friend or foe, we don't know. It will be released on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. That's all we know. It's a yeah. it's a mobile game that they're coming out with. Yeah. Um, like we don't know if it's like Chaos, uh, like Chaos Yu Gi Oh, Chaos Yu Gi Oh, Chaos Magic, where it's like just each person gets a player and it's a free for all. That we don't know if it's going to be like the tag duels that we've had in the past, particularly on the PS P, uh, PlayStation Two games. We don't know. Yeah, I, I think realistically, it's going to be some kind of a. Maybe. Speed duel, rush duel, duel links format, whereas you want three zones across. Because if you look at the artwork for it, like the little graphic they have in the background, yeah, is three zones across on the top, the bottom, the left, and the right. So yeah. it's like four players with three zones each, it, which I guess makes sense. And I, I really think that it'll be some kind of a speed duel game. Cause, and the zone at the back makes me think that you have like a skill card or something like that. Maybe. So We'll wait and see. Yeah, I, I think it could be some kind of a speed duel game, but... I don't know. It could also just be Commander, but for Yu-Gi-Oh. We'll see. Uh, and then lastly, for the Yu-Gi-Oh! Digital Next, is the thing that we've all been waiting to hear. We now have information on Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. People, this is... Ah, man, I'm so excited to talk about this. So Heck yeah. This is what we've been calling for. It's what we've been waiting for. For those that do not already know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel was the main big announcement here um depending on who you are for most players this will be the main big announcement master duel is a full Yu-Gi-Oh simulator made by konami so this is not uh i mean think edo pro dueling book anything like that but first party made by konami for the players this is it this is the real deal a f- this is not you know three zones across no this is full five zones full Yu-Gi-Oh! I mean, you, you can hence, see... Hence, mas- the title, Master Duel. Right, because it follows the Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Rules. That was the whole shtick behind the title. Yep. Um, They got... Uh, I mean, the video is awesome. And then, from the video, you, there's like three to four minutes of footage of the game. And there's some seriously, seriously cool stuff that we want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Uh, a great example um, is they have animations for everything yes and they're short they're real snappy but they're really good uh for instance whenever somebody exceeds summons it does the exceed animation from the anime itself but it's real snappy real quick it gets across what what's going on uh same thing for synchro summon same thing for link summon yep um uh uh whenever you attack with a creature it has a different attack animation based on its attribute yes um what i also have doing certain creatures get summoned they have a whole animation that pops up. For example, Stardust Dragon. They did a fusion summon of El Shadal Construct, and it popped up a big construct animation. Yep. Yeah, and it's move and it's a moving thing. And they also did a Dark Hole. 
Uh, they did Dark Hole has his own animation, so I imagine Regeki, Heavy Storm, Harpy's Feather Duster is going to have right, its own animation. Right. Um, Access Code Talker has had its own special animation. Um, and then they also had an animation for whenever a chain happens. Yes. So what? Okay, so let's say um, you the actually example. MS- the example given is Mystical Space Typhoon, Chain Infinite Impermanence. Yeah, Chain Royal Decree. Right. And so what it does, it'll it'll show the picture of uh. MST, a chain will wrap around it, it kind of moves to the side, then chain goes over to infinite permanence, wraps around it, and then goes up to uh, Royal Decree and wraps around it, and then it unravels as the cards uh, resolve. And it's re- it shows what's happening in the chain, right. where everything goes. Mm, it's good. It's quick, snappy. It's very good. And it all looks beautiful because the entire game is rendered in 4K. Oh, yeah. Um, This will be on... Just about every, just about every platform, I think. Yeah, it's just like super cross-platform in the sense that it'll be supported for PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, uh, Apple, Switch. yeah, Switch, Apple products, and Android products. So yeah, um, realistically, I say Apple products, I say iPhone, but it might. If it's anything like the Pokemon game, the Pokemon game is not actually available on iPhone. It's available on iPad, but not iPhone. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, it will be a free-to-play game. With microtransactions. Right. But that said, we don't know what the actual monetization structure on this game is. Yeah. Now, the way they have everything set up, you can actually customize your field, your sleeves, and you can also have uh, a, a dual pet, I think. Yeah, that's pretty or, much what we're just calling it at this point. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you can have like a 3D model of one of the monsters just sitting next to you. Right. So I'm so what I'm hoping for, because I think this would be great, is you have access to the full card pool of the game. But then it's the, it's the, it's those customizable options, the sleeves, the field. That's what you pay for. Yes, I would like that. You would like that. And I think everybody would love that. If I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, like realistically, like they they have to make money off of this, and only making money off of cosmetics. Cosmetics doesn't it doesn't keep the doors open. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't keep the lights on. I think that it doesn't keep the servers running. I think yeah. that. There's a couple of different monetization structures that they could go with. So we know that they're not going to do an upfront cost to the game and everything be free from there. We, we know that because it says the usage fees is free to play. So realistically, it'll be a free download on whatever system you get it on. And then from there is where you kind of get a little wonky. Could it be maybe... Gotta um, buy packs. Yeah, you, you could start out with nothing. You have to buy packs to get stuff. Or like they start you out with a structure deck and you got to build from there. Right. Or they could possibly, this is something, an idea I've seen floated around is realistically they could do a subscription service. I Okay. I mean, at that, that point it wouldn't be a free-to-play game. That's my argument is it's not free-to-play at that point. And so it says very specifically, the usage fees are free-to-play includes microtransactions. It does not say free to play or it does not say requires subscription. Exactly. Like if you click on your phone and you go to the app store on your phone. You Don't do this search. while driving. Yeah, yeah, not not while driving. You go to the search, you click on Netflix, and you click on the Netflix app. If you look at it, somewhere in there, it will say requires a subscription. 
this does not say anything about requiring a subscription. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to do this, uh, the uh, the uh, subscription service model. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking it's either going to be got to buy the cards, got to buy the cosmetics, or both. Right. Um, I think if, that... If you do have to buy the cards, though, I would have rather they do it a lot like, uh, like uh, Hearthstone did it. Or yes, you can buy packs if you want to, or you can sit there and grind and grind, and they get and you and you do certain tasks. They give you free pack. You can break down cards you don't want. Yeah. To then but, okay, okay, okay. I'm not trying to cut you off, but yeah, no, no. Here's the issue with having to get all of the cards individually through packs, or even through crafting. The issue is that Hearthstone started out with the cards that they made. Mm-hmm. Which realistically might be, say, 500 cards. Or they less. Have to, yeah, they have to do over 10,000. Yeah, exactly. Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, yeah. That's the issue here. Because, okay, a great example. Let's say they start out the game and they put in every core booster set. Right? We're talking uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of around 80 sets. 85 sets. Let's, let's just say 80 just for... Yeah. So, in each of those 80 sets... You have to go, let's say I want to play Meta Tri-Brigade. Because it's, it's, Tri-Brigade is in the video. They, mm-hmm. Tri-Brigade is a playable archetype. Oh yeah. Which means it's all up to date. First of all, I gotta buy Phantom Rage. Not, I don't just have to buy one or two packs. I have to buy maybe 30 or 40 packs. I need to pull three Fractals, three Nervals, three Karas, three Kit. Well, Kit's not even in, Kit's in, okay, we're not even gonna do Kit. Kit is not until Blazing Vortex. So we have to pull all of those. Then we also have to pull... Two Shurag, we need to pull two Farajeets probably, we need to pull a Rugal. Okay, once we get all of that, well now we need to go all the way back to maybe Cosmo Blazer, so we can pull three Tengis. We need to go to Blazing Vortex to pull one kit, or three kit. We need to go to Lightning Overdrive to pull one Bear Brom. We need to go to Pharaoh's Servant to pull an Imperial Order. Back to Phantom Rage to pull the Revolts. Just bouncing around. You have to get so be having to bounce around to pull the different cards from all the different archetypes and all the different sets and all the different support cards. If I want to pull a monster reborn, I used to tell me I have to go buy Legend of Blue Eyes. Now another option, uh, which they've done in a lot of the games, is they had sets based on attribute and sets based on type. So there'd be a Beast Warrior set, a Water Attribute set, and there was a lot of overlap. Um, yeah, so, but the issue there is because then you have to sit there and go through. Okay, if you want to play a warrior deck, you have eight hundred and forty cards to go through. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, yeah, and then yeah, then it's like, oh well, I need giant rat, so I can pick beast or earth. <sighs> That's a lot of cards. Exactly. There's no good way and then, to release the full card pool unless you make these packs where, like, you start out and you get like two hundred packs for free. Yeah, or yeah, or something, or something along those lines, or like each pack you open is just a random card throughout the entire game, and then you also get this other mechanic where you can sit there and craft out of your cards. And they're and when I say crafting cards, I'm talking oh, it take let's say you get ten of this resource, it costs five to make an ultra. Dude, realistically, the way that they could do crafting in this game is you could take and trade in say fifty commons, and you get a free pack. Or ten supers, or five ultras, or three secrets, something like that. Yeah, that, that's one option. Um, another option is just the disassembly option, where 
let, okay, let's say they have a resource. We'll just call it a resource, no matter what it is. Let's say you destroy one of your commons, you get one. You need ten to you need ten to get a pack or right. ten to make a card. Commons get you one. Supers would get you like five. Ultras would get you like eight, and then a secret would get you ten. So you just make a new card. The only the only way I want to, I'm okay with this is if you get to choose what cards you make. The, well, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Then you use a resource and go. Well, I want this secret, but it costs twenty five to make. Right. But I have twenty five commons I don't want. So throw away all the commons. <clears throat> Get that secret, that very specific one. Oh man, I, I don't know. It, there's a million different ways that they could do it, and realistically, at the end of it, both everyone's going to be happy and nobody's going to be happy all at the same time because everyone will say they could have monetized it differently. They could have monetized yeah. it better, or could, but at the same time, nobody's allowed to complain because we finally got what we wanted. Yeah, we we wanted a Magic the Gathering arena for Yu Gi Oh, and we got it. Yeah. I mean, um, now, I think they have to add in, uh, like, buy a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and get a code. I yeah. Think you have to have that. Yeah, they'll probably start doing that, Starting possibly starting with the next booster set, maybe? We'll have to wait and it's see. A, it depends on the release date of Master Duel. Yeah. Uh, something else that people noticed was that the cards have rarities. Not only do they have rarities, they have rarities that they don't have in reality. Uh, the example, one of the example hands they showed was a Shadal player opening uh, Shadal Hedgehog, Shadal Squamata... Ariel, Beast, and uh, Schism. The Hedgehog, Beast, and Schism were all common. The Hedgehog was Ultra, and the Ariel looked like it was Starlight. Uh, Starlight or Ulti. Um, so rarities exist in the game. So maybe another possibility is to give you full access to the entire repertoire of the game, but then you have to pay money for, again, cosmetics, including card rarities. So if you want to run a deck of nothing but secrets, you're paying, you're paying big money. Yeah, but... I don't know. And we talked about, like, gotta go to this set for this card and this set for this yeah. card. We didn't even begin to talk about all the little side sets, all the structure decks. Like, if you want to play Shadals, realistically, you have to buy the Shadal structure deck because you need Apcolone. Yep. Um, yeah, they'll give you Apcolone. That's where you get your Wendy's, too. Your Wendy's, in, that's the only place you can get Wendy and Ariel, too. Yeah, which are critical cards in the um, strategy. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I mean, there's several places you can get all the rest of them, except Schism. Which yep. is Rise of the Duelist. Yeah, which is only in Rise of the Duel Rise of the Duelist. Um And it, I've also had people asking if if they don't have a full card pool availability, I mean, are they gonna maybe add trading into the game? That would be interesting. We'll have again we'll have to wait and see. Uh speaking now, going back about going back with the cosmetics. Like I said, you have different sleeves, um, you got different fields, and you have different what we're calling dual pets. We've seen quite a few of them already. Um like I said, they're 3D models, so just kind of chill next next to you. Uh, so far, we've seen Dark Magician, Pot of Greed, World Chalice Gar Dragon, Salamangre Gazelle, Borlo Dragon, Songen, uh Cyber Dragon Infinity, Ritual Raven, Rescue Rabbit, Elemental Hero Stratos, and Ancient Gear Wyvern. So, that's a lot of cool cards. Just yeah. Have, just have a little 3D model sitting there chilling. And not only is it just a lot of cool cards, some of them are off the wall, like the red eye, or was it, was it Tomb, or no, was it, uh... Ancient Gear Wyvern. Ancient Gear Wyvern, that's kind of off the wall, it makes me wonder if you can do any card. And Ritual Raven's kind of weird. Like, the rest of them, I kind of make sense, because is kind of the premier Salamangre card, uh... 
Dark Magician is a classic. Potigree is a classic. Songin is a classic. You know, you've got a whole bunch of classic cards, but then Ritual Raven? Yeah, and, and, some of them didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but I'm thinking it's not going to be just any card, but I think it's going to be a just a metric truckload of cards that you can have as a 3D model. I would like to see Change of Heart. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Change of Heart, maybe uh, uh, El Dorito. You know, there's, there's a bunch of really cool cards that, that of possibilities there. But yeah, but that's pretty much all we got so far with Master Duel. Um, so far, I'm excited for it. I'm hyped. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody with like reasonable sense is gonna enjoy this. Like, like honestly, it doesn't take you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that this is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a huge boon for the game, and like I was saying earlier, with Duel Links being the gateway into Yu-Gi-Oh. This is like, it can either be the bridge between Duel Links and real Yu-Gi-Oh, or this can just become the regular gateway, because this is going to be, it's going to create accessibility to the game for so many people that I don't see how someone wouldn't, you know, uh, I don't see how somebody would consider this a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, The only people that are really going to feel the heat from this, realistically, are dueling book and edo pro but i just i don't really see them being uh you know i don't see it being that big of an issue um even if they fall off the face of the earth i still think you'll always have your dueling book truthers you know oh yeah i mean if this is just straight up the simulator we've been waiting for i mean they've you know salute to them it, they you know, they've done their duty. Now it's on at the Fallen. Yeah. I think, realistically, those were created because there was no official simulator for Yu-Gi-Oh! And now that there is, now, now that there is, you know, they've done their duty. They've filled their role. They've done their part. And, I mean, realistically, they can fall by the wayside. They could. It's sad to see them go, but at least we get something out of it. Yeah. I think the other thing that this will give us and the other major thing is realistically the rulings that come up in this game should be the official Konami rulings. Oh, absolutely. So now Konami has to give us official rulings on how stuff works. Right. I think the only thing that might be causing issues is will this use TCG rulings or OCG rulings or will it normalize? Because they're... I mean, it could either standardize the rulings between the two game between the two, or they could regionalize it. Um, Which but, in the video they did show, like somebody with a handful of Japanese cards, and they had Maxine in their hand. They also showed hands with the other players being all English, right? But we didn't see any Maxine. We didn't see anything like that. But I think what I'm trying to say here is there are certain rulings that only apply in the OCG that do not apply here, like certain things with the way uh, triggers work and the way chains work and stuff are different in the OCG. So I think realistically, if we get a game over here, it needs to follow TCG rulings. Unless they go, from now on, you're following the OCG rulings. Right. Because then that is 
that's still good because now it's standardizing everything. So there's fewer questions as to, well, this is how it works in the OCGs. This is how it works over here. Yeah, and I think the big thing that you have to take into account there is judges are going to have to relearn certain things. Everybody's just going to have to take everything into account now. If you standardize OCG rulings over here, I just don't know. I just don't know how differently the game will be after that. I imagine it probably won't be that much different if we saw the separate ban lists. I guess that's true, and they could lo- they could localize it. They could just say in China, um, South Korea, and Japan. South Korea and Japan. You know, this rule set applies, these rulings apply, and these... This ban list. This ban list, all this. And then everywhere else, you get this ban list, you get these rulings, you get this. And, you know, if... At that point, if it's causing issues, maybe they do something, but... We'll have to wait and see. There's a lot of back-end work that they're going to have to really make sure is good before they just, you know, throw this out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're... There's still lots of unanswered questions, but we're here for it. Right. So, uh, moving on from that amazing thing, um, OTS Pack 17 has been officially confirmed. We know two of the ulties already. Yep. Infinite Impermanence and Black Luster Soldier, uh, Soldier of Chaos. Which the is link, the... This link, link monster. The, yeah, the Link 4. Yeah. Dude, I forget that this card exists. Because it's... I mean, it's, it's had two printings. And both of them have been hard to get... One of them was a secret rare out of like a legendary duelist or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and it's fifty bucks. I'll try a hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah, last time I looked, they were fifty. That was like a year ago. I, was, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that card was ever fifty. I, yeah. Um, you know, then it also had the ghost rare. Ugh. It's still an incredibly expensive card, and it's just another expensive printing of this card for some reason. Okay, I, so. Currently, there's a Battles of Legend Heroes Revenge Secret Rare, which sits at $110. Mm. And the Ghost Rare, pff, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, let's just, let's just not. No matter, either way, it's another expensive copy of this of this needle, needlessly expensive card. Yeah. It, the Ulti Empire is neat, though. The ghost near mint lowest listed is two seventy. There you go. I mean, it'll be cool to have it as an ulti, but like realistically, can we get like a super? Please, or at or at least like a guaranteed ultra. Yeah, like like can we just get? Can we just get it in the mega tens? Maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe an alt maybe a premium gold alt art. Oh no! Don't do that to me. <laughs> no, the the premium golds are so ugly. Don't don't put that juju on me. That's why I said it. Oh no! Oh no! That curse is out in the out in the open. Um, that's all we have for OTS Pack Seventeen so far. Uh, it literally got announced earlier today. I think the Imperm reprint is super duper interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, most definitely. So, it's really, uh, what, do you, what would you like to see as the third ultimate rare? So, like, realistically, usually we get um, one super meta-relevant card, one card that is more toward geared towards collectors, and one card that's kind of somewhere in between. I, I feel like the meta card here is Imperm, the somewhere in between card here is BLS. So, what are we looking at for maybe a collector's card that would be, go good here? 
maybe something that supports like a retro format because like they've done scapegoat in the past they've done yeah, Book of moon yeah. hmm like probably not a band card right well, yeah i can almost guarantee it's not gonna be band card band card um it's not gonna be bls which is would be by bls I mean envoy of the beginning which would be nice well they did give it a collector's rare that is true. They might give an ulti here along with the link. That'd be interesting. But it's I... a rarity he does not have yet. That's actually an interesting thought. Well, he, it's a rarity he doesn't have the TCG. Okay, so let, let's think about let's think about the cards here that don't that are like relevant and don't have high, uh, high rarity printings. <laughs> Scrap Chimera. Oh God! L- realistically, Scrap Chimera should be a common here. Oh, absolutely. It 100% should be a common. And Will it be a common? We don't know, but it should be. It should be. Um, like, well, we don't even know it's even going to be in the pack to begin with. If it is, it it, it should be common. No one could me. It's probably going to be the ulti. Yeah. Because they really want to sell the MOTS packs. I think it'll be a main deck monster. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Because normally if they have an extract monster, then they have a main deck monster in there, too. And either, like, one spell or trap. Yeah. So... Let's think main deck monsters. Mm-hmm. Maybe something that supports something upcoming. Maybe. Maybe uh. Cause like they did the arm dragon level ten too. That is true. And they did cyber dragon, which is supposed to support the upcoming structure deck. That is also true. I mean, the only thing I other thing I could think of is master Hyperion. Yo. That would actually be lit. Yeah, yeah. Now, now that I now that I think about it, after just saying it out loud, or the Agent Earth or maybe, Jupiter, maybe one Mystic Shine Ball Ulti. Let's do it, guys. Yeah, let's let's go. <laughs> Venus. Oh, I think Ulti Venus with with us with Ultra Shine Balls. No, 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 Prismatic Shine Balls. Prismatic Shine Balls. Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. Give me the guaranteed Prismatic yeah, in the structure deck. Something like that. Something like that. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's it's going to be interesting, and we'll be here when it happens. Yeah, I, I think realistically they do have some options. They do have some possibilities. I think just just thinking to some relevant things that are coming... They could do something... What are the... Um, let's see. Dawn of Majesty comes out in August. Yeah. This comes out in maybe October, November. Something like that, yeah. What about a Dragoon Ulti? Ooh, that'd be interesting. Right before they ban him. Of course. <laughs> of course. That'd be the way to let him go out go out uh, with a bang. Yeah. Give him I the mean, ulti. They gave Halky Firex an ulti. Yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> I don't know. They they really have a lot of possibilities. Some of the there are some cards that I would like to see get a super rare upgrade. Oh, absolutely. Tribrigade Revolt would be a good one. Uh, any of the common Tribrigade monsters would be really cool. That, no, there. I mean, Karas is already super. Kit is already super. Nerval's already got a super rare from an OTS. Okay, never mind. Uh, the let's... only other one is Rugal, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> super Rugal. <laughs> um. Let me think. Like, it'd be really cool to maybe see some of the uh, Roxy's fansies and... They've all already got supers. They already have supers? Okay. Yes. See how much I know about the deck. Well, that whole deck came out in one of those sets that was like, everything was either a super or a Oh, okay. Fair enough. Right, right. Hmm. 
Well, they could do some of the virtual world cards. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe the Drytrons. Uh, yeah, they did Alpha in the last one, and I mean, realistically, they could do Beta or Gamma. Or no, 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 Alpha came as one. They did Zeta in the last one. Okay. They could do Gamma. That would be a cool one. Delta. Delta would be a cool one. By they, the way, they but, could technically do a down rarity on something. Maybe. Like, like Nova, but yeah. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, but if you heard that hiss, that, that was that was the smoke coming out of my ears from my brain trying to work. Yeah, we we kind of this, this news came out just like like an hour ago, and yeah. we didn't really have time to like prep anything for show notes. Yeah, I just kinda threw it in there and didn't really let the cog spin on it at all. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think the last thing that we have to talk about here is there was the PPG regional over the weekend, mm-hmm. which we had the we have the top eight for here. It's two Drytron, one Invoke Dogma Dolls, one Grand Maju, one Prank Kids, one Eldritch, one Zoo Brigade, and one Amazement Trap Tricks. I don't. I mean, Drytron's obviously a good deck. Um, zoo Brigade a, is there, which is Tri Brigade. Right, Brigade with a Zoo package. It's interesting that they're still running a Zoo package. Outlitch could be anything. It could be a stun deck. It could be a zombie deck. Yeah, uh, it's I, not Zodiac. I know that. Yeah, I, I didn't see the actual. Well, I did see. I was able to see one deck list, and it was for the Amazement Trap Trick. Right. It's really more of pure Trap Tricks running uh, the the Spooky House. Oh really? That that's about all. That's the only Amazement card I saw in there. Oh wow! I wasn't even running the monster. Not, not not that I could see. Wow. Um, prank kids is probably the third best deck in the meta right now. So, prank kids is good. Um, invoke dogma doll. That is a great deck that, um, really is getting slept on right now in the meta. I think. Yeah. Uh, it kind of sucks for that deck that it dies to the same things that Drydron dies to. Yeah. Imperial order, droll things like that. But what are you gonna do? And one Grand Maju. Grand Maju's a good deck. You can always sneak in there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah like absolutely. If you don't, if you're not prepared for it, and it shows up, <laughs> get ready. Yeah. G- good luck. Get ready to see it smacked for like fifteen thousand damage. Oh, 45,000. easy. Oh, about forty-five thousand. That's excessive. Yeah, but no, like there's a mat that they that someone produced where like it's got Grand Maju in the center, and then it's got all the attack point values he can have around the edges. <laughs> so you just put a die on where his attack point value is. That's really good. And I think, like, the highest on it, though, is, like, 15,000 or something. Yeah, I I don't know exactly what the number would be. He can get beefy. Yeah, and then there's other things in that deck, like the Gizmecarochi. Eater of Millions. Right, there's other things in that deck that, like, realistically, you can use, like, smack. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, a big old grit, you just slap down a big old level 3 grin module to Aiza. Uh, <laughs> immune to gravity binding level limit area B. <laughs> I never really put it all together like that. That he's immune to those. Yeah, because he's level three. <laughs> so I think that'll pretty much wrap us up for today. Uh, we did cover. We didn't cover like a ton of time, but we kind of gave our thoughts and opinions on some different things. Uh, if you want to chat with us about it, feel free to reach out to us. We are getting some great ideas from our listeners, which we appreciate so much. Those will be put forth in coming episodes. Uh, we also would like to ask you to follow us on Twitter at Top Cut Podcast. You can follow me at Dat Chumley, and you can follow Caleb at JamTheMan17. 
if you want, you can go ahead and be sure to give us a like, a subscribe, a follow, however you're, you know, however you're digesting this content. We ask that you go ahead and, you know, let us know. Uh, if you're on iTunes, we ask that you please rate and review the podcast. It helps us out a ton. It helps us out with analytics. It helps us out with just, it helps us out with everything. It helps us out with our algorithms. You get suggested to more people. It helps us out. And we really appreciate it. Another thing we want to ask you to do is please check out the Team Dark Arm Dealings. They are in our description. It is our sister YouTube channel. And we want to ask that you just spread the word. Spread the love. Let all your friends know that we're here. We're releasing these episodes every Tuesday, every Friday. We are really... We want to make our mark on the game and on the content creation community. And we want to make the podcast space as great as we think it can be. Oh, yeah. So we ask that you... Let everybody know, spread the word, and thank you so much for listening today. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.